This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is all theater. It's all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is political theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Day. The National Press Club is a part of the fabric of Washington politics and news. A professional and social organization for journalists founded in 1908, it is also a gathering place for people in the news or people looking to make news. Charlie Chaplin, Stormy Daniels, Martin Luther King Jr., Barack Obama, Donald Trump, just to name a very few. It's got a complicated history, too, which reflects the country it was founded in. It excluded women, for instance, until 1971. But it is also a key part of the battle for press freedoms across the globe, advocating for the wrongly imprisoned and providing key resources for journalists. On this episode of Political Theater, we're dipping back into our series of explaining some of the institutions around Washington. And with us is Herb Jackson, my colleague at Roll Call, the politics editor and vice chairman of the National Press Club's Board of Governors. Herb, welcome. You're so welcome yourself. I should also note, um, I mean, eventually we, we are planning on, on doing video for these podcasts, but if, they, if we had one right now, people could see that you have, as vice chairman of the, of the, uh, the Board of Governors, you have your own monocle, uh, cane, and top hat that you're wearing right now in this. Uh, people will just have to go with it. They'll just have to roll Yeah, the that. cane is for beating the peasants. Yeah. Right, yes. It's beating, beating them back from getting in up uh, onto the, uh, the 13th floor. There is a 13th floor, unlike in some buildings. Uh, which we'll get to those uh, the, the, those magic number of floors, uh, but I also wanted to note that in addition to you know you being the vice uh, chair, uh, vice chairman, vice chair um, of the board of governors and a member, I too am a member of the National Press Club. So we're not exactly uh, impartial observers of the club, but I think that we I, I think that we can take a pretty good stab at an objective look and explaining this uh, this place where we frequently uh, drink beer and eat popcorn. Popcorn hasn't been back since the pandemic, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming back. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the history of, of the club. This is a, a, a more than 100-year-old club. We previously talked about the Gridiron, which had had the National Press Club beat by a few years. But uh, the National Press Club is, is no uh, spring chicken uh, itself. Uh, let's talk about the history and some of the high points and low points. Yeah. So, I mean, th- it started as a place where they could have regular poker games, right? Um, and I love a good was, origin story. Keep going. It, it, it was founded according to its original constitution as a club for newspaper men to promote social enjoyment, cultivate literary tastes, encourage friendly intercourse with those they were thrown into contact with as they exercised their vocation, and to foster ethical standards. 
the district itself, Washington itself, you know, would get very busy during congressional sessions, but there were also a lot of newspapers and many of them were gathered in around the 14th, 15th street area. Uh, so they started the, a club just for the people who worked in the business and, and the correspondents who would come in. Uh, but it was not unusual that Supreme Court justices would stop by or even presidents, certainly senators and congressmen. Um, and it had a number of locations before it ended up in the, the building that it's at right now at uh, 14th and F. Uh, that opened in 1927 and was the largest private office building in the city at the time it opened. Uh, but it was basically founded on the belief that far-flung news organizations that had little offices in different places could all have offices in one place. And, you know, you could also have the top two floors be a business and social gathering place. So the way it works now is the 13th floor is actually open to the public. It's where there are meeting rooms. People have press conferences. There's the well-known luncheon that you see on C-SPAN occasionally. Uh, and then the, the 14th floor is there's a, there's a gym and there's a bar and there's, you know, there used to be a game room with a pool table, but now it's just a meeting room where you could have like a private reception and things like that. Uh, but members can have it, you know, so members get first dibs on booking that one. So, but, you know, it, and, it, and the membership has changed. I mean, it is no longer just newspaper men, obviously, because there are lots of different kinds of journalists, but there are also communicator members and novelists and retirees and there's even a category for spouses. There's a category for students. There's a category for journalists who are outside 50 miles so that they can still be members. So, you know, when when the press club offered workspace to cover an inauguration one year, but it was only for members, I had two of my photographers become out-of-town members because it was cheaper than paying for the electric hookup on the mall to transmit their photos. So even though they never came back to the club, they could come into the club that day and get on the Wi-Fi and send their photos of the uh, inauguration. Crafty, um, and and as you mentioned, this you know there is a there is still a lot of uh, office space uh, in in the press club where some news outlets are. It's it's not quite the at, at the sort of the zenith of of uh, you know the the media industry and, and newspapers world, you know, mid-century. Uh, but, but in particular, it, a, a lot of foreign outlets uh, have, have their offices there. Yeah. And, you know, what, what, what happened was, you know, you, I, I came down here as, an, as a correspondent for a North Jersey newspaper. Many of my friends were in situa similar situations. Those of us who got office space, and I didn't, would go to the club because you could just get a room or two, um, and you were a block from the White House, and you could you know, hop on the red line to get to the, the Capitol. In fact, one of the reasons that was a popular place was there was a trolley line that ran on F Street to go to the Capitol. Um, Horse-drawn in the beginning. But, and, uh, you know, but, but as newspapers consolidated into large companies, they started to put their offices in different other buildings. And, um, you know, now we see the whole decline of large news outlets and the number of, of places that are getting rid of their Washington correspondence, but at the same time, you know, lots of new outlets are, are popping up. So uh, the, the thing, though, is, as you and I know in our own office, 
you don't necessarily have to go to the office to do work anymore. There's lots you can do. There's a whole lot you can do without ever leaving your house. So, um, you know, they're, they're, the office space thing is going to be an issue for the whole country to deal with, but it's one that we're dealing with in the press building as well. So. And there's also, in addition to the places that, that outlets, you know, lease themselves, there's there are workspaces for, for people to file stories and to do short-term work right there in, in the club itself. You know, they, they obviously have a, a, a pretty decent Wi-Fi signal. I've, I've even worked from there. Makes it easy, particularly at, at some of these uh, newsmaker luncheons uh, where people can just file from there, from the club, uh, instead of like traipsing back somewhere else. Uh, and, and so it... it provides those kind of resources as well, as well as the bar. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what, and you know, the, the afternoon coffee is back, so you can go get a coffee down the hall. Um, you know, with the, the, the restaurant on the 14th floor is now open, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, hopefully we're going to get back to five days a week in the coming year. Um, and you know, the, the amazing thing about the club also is that you have a, 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 a staff of people the guy who manages the restaurant now has worked there for 50 years. Okay. I mean, the, this is, these are jobs that people do, uh, you know, and some of it is akin to running akin, akin to running a banquet hall or something like that, or running a restaurant, but there's this other element to it that you're also doing press freedom and, you know, international relations that, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting mix of things under the umbrella of a business, which ha- also has a nonprofit side uh, called the National Press Club Journalism Institute, which is not, which is a charity, which is, you know, a, non- a nonprofit. Um, and it, you know, it can take grant funds and it does training for journalists. It also does, a, you know, a really interesting newsletter every day about what's happening in the industry. Um, so it does some journalism itself. Uh, so there's, 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 there's even a lot of different things. Yes. <laughs> There is indeed. And the other thing is it has its own zip code. That's the great thing about this. Along with having liquor license number one in the District of Columbia, it has its own zip code in the District of Columbia. It is a very cool place just to be. I mean, if if I wasn't a journalist, um, I would still want to like see it and and hang out there. I mean, like the the reliable source you know, is a, uh, the, the, you know, is, is a great place to just get a beer and hang out. I mean, it, it is among, you know, it would be among my favorite bars if I was not a member, just because it's pretty chill and it's not fussy. Um, you know, it, it is not chasing molecular gastronomy bartending, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it, it is a, it's a nice place to just hang out. They have Senate beer on tap, which I think is my new favorite. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the, adjacent to that is the Truman Lounge. So there's the famous photo of Harry Truman playing the piano with Lauren Bacall sitting up on top. This was this was from 1945. Truman had just become vice president, and he, uh, you know, they used to have these things called canteens where they opened the club up for any sailors who were in coming into the Navy Yard that they could come there, and the club would buy them drinks, right? Uh, and it started to be that politicians would come by to thank the, you know, people could give speeches, but they could be no longer than two minutes. But then there was entertainment, you know, bands would play, things like that. But, you know, this famous photo happened because they were, you know, doing some promo with Lauren Bacall. And they said, you should go to this thing because all the reporters will be there. And then her agent said, you should get up on the piano while the vice president's playing. And 
Harry Truman thought it was funny, but what I've read in our history is Best did not think it was funny. Best <laughs> Truman was not pleased. Um, yes. you Lauren know. Bacall's legs are a prominent feature of that photograph. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, I can understand Mrs. Truman's trepidations about this uh, photograph of, uh, and, you know, I, you know, this, this may have been one of the few moments of levity uh, that uh, Harry Truman had in 1945, though, because he was just a few months away from, you know, dropping a few atomic bombs. Uh, and, and it is, you know, it, it it's those moments in history that sort of you know, kind of call out uh, in in you know the in the club's history that this is, you know, this is a place where the most influential people in the world congregate when they have something to say, or if they just want to socialize. In 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 a lot of cases, but you know, one of the photographs I saw was there was a um, I mentioned Stormy Daniels in the in the lead in. Um, you know, she was there before all of the Trump stuff started. You know, she was plugging a. Uh, a, a thing called RTA, uh, you know, which was a, a way of trying to get, you know, like lock children out from accessing online pornography, <laughs> um, you know, and, and was was pushing that. Uh, George Clooney was there. There's this great photo in the Roll Call archives of Clooney and Sam Brownback and Barack Obama, two yep. two guys who didn't have a lot in common politically, but they did with Clooney on Darfur, on on trying to address the humanitarian situation in Darfur in Africa. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's mean, just if you, a, it, if you talk about people who have like one word names like Lindbergh, Khrushchev, Yoko, <laughs> Arafat, Mandela, you know, they were all been there. Uh, yeah. You know, and and you know, you mentioned the nuclear bombs i mean in a couple of weeks the the ambassador to japan is going to be there talking about the upcoming g7 summit which is going to be held in hiroshima you know so there there there's a whole lot of the you know we talk about the the, the bar and things like that but there's a whole lot of like news you know the, the the slogan is where news happens uh you know people come there to hold news conferences because they know that it it gets them in the audience and now we've got one of the things one of the positive changes from from the pandemic, if we could say that, is that we've gotten much better at the out the, the live streaming, you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's a, a regular feature that many many people who hold events there, so that you don't have to be in D.C. to participate in our training, or to be or to t- take part in the news conferences, or to, or to at least listen to the news conferences. You, d- you used to not get that. You used to have to, you have to make sure you got to the building. And if you were choosing between that and a hearing on the Hill, you know, you didn't necessarily run all the way back down to 14th Street. Uh, now you can, you know, listen to one in the back of the room in the hearing or something like that, you know. So it's 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 it, it's it's expanded the reach. Like the Journalism Institute did something. I'm trying to remember if it's this year or last year, but it actually they had to deal with the fact that there's a limit on how many people can be on Zoom. And they, because so many people around the country signed up, they had to find another way to put it out because they couldn't just send everybody a Zoom link. So, you know, it's, and you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the uh, you know, podcast, but the first call-in show ever on C-SPAN was done from there after uh, a luncheon where the chairman of the FCC spoke. So they had people in a little closet 
that they say broadcast center on, <laughs> you you may be sympathetic to as a podcaster a closet that says broadcast center. Uh, and, and and in 1980, they they you know they they took phone calls in this room after people heard the the head of the FCC talk on C-SPAN. So you know it's it's, it's been in there, you know. And the I think also it, it's it's interesting because some of the social part of the club is also a part of of news. You know, like there is an annual spelling bee, um, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, where members of the press take on members of Congress. Um, as we uh, as we noted, uh, the um, I, I think I pulled this up. I will put this in the uh, in the show notes. But the uh, um, the press won the most recent one after a politician misspelled Wang Doodle, <laughs> which is a great a great thing to misspell, you know. <laughs> well, and one year Chris Pappas won, and one of the rounds. And the the great thing about the spelling bee is a they serve drinks, but b um, you know the guy who does the national spelling bee, Doctor Bailey, um, is the announcer, the pronouncer. Excuse me for our spelling bee. So he chooses his words and he chooses categories to get laughs in the room. But he also like chooses categories. Like he picked different alcoholic beverages. So you had to spell Beaujolais or something like that. And uh, (laughs) Chris Pappas won. And Chris Pappas, the congressman, uh, used to own a tavern, which, you know, that's not fair. You know, that's a rigged contest right there. Because it is the congressman versus the press, you know. So, right. yeah, it's it's uh it, it's usually a, a a pretty good time, and and I I don't know. I, I mean, I I think again the, the bias is in, intact. You know, I mean, this this is a a club that I belong to that I'm I'm happy to be a part of and to support its mission. You know, of of supporting journalists, advocating for press freedoms, but um, it it is a you know it's it's a pretty unique place. There are also we've got a bunch of sister organizations also you know the that where that where there are sort of re- these reciprocal um, uh, sort of agreements between different press clubs now again press clubs aren't as uh, much a part of the landscape because of the decline of, of journalism overall but there are several there are still several clubs around the country and around the world where you have your membership card gets you in. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, you got to get a letter, but yeah, you get you get a letter, and and you you you're allowed to use their club facilities, and their members are allowed to come and use ours. Um, and in fact, the the executive director designee, we've hired him, but he's not started yet, is running the press club in Hong Kong right now. Um, so he's he's coming in in a couple of months. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 looking forward. I've looked around at some of those reciprocal. The 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 place in uh, Amsterdam looks very nice. I'd like to maybe you can send me out there to do a story on something, uh, and I can check out the 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 press club in Amsterdam. That would be cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll, I'll get right on that, Herb. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) on that that assignment. Yeah, Uh, what what I did this summer. (laughs) We'll, We'll we'll work it out. You know what. My 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 brownie selection in Amsterdam by Herb Jackson. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Codell reason to go. You know, in, in, inspired by season three of Atlanta. I see um, with <laughs> with their experiences in in Amsterdam. One of the things that uh, you know I mentioned also in the lead in that the, the club did not start admitting women 
uh, until 1971. Uh, At one point, there was a uh, another press club, um, the Washington Press Club, uh, which was 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 one that that women were were welcome to. And when there was when they finally merged them, um, they spun off the Washington Press Club into a foundation uh, that's, that has is among its aims are to to uh, train next generation of journalists. They have internship programs. They particularly uh, want to support women in journalism. Uh, and again, another, another caveat, this is a small world here, listeners. Uh, I'm on the board myself of the Washington Press Club Foundation. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, it, it, it's one of those, it's, it's an example of like the, the, not not all the practices in the past were were things that we would find acceptable now, but they did um, rectify it uh, eventually and 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 learn from it. And I think that it's uh, it it is arguably a um, you know it, it serves a, a a few higher purposes now than it did um, in you know kind of the the quote unquote the good old days, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, so you know, part of the history there was you know during the depression. Eleanor Roosevelt said she'd do weekly news conferences, but only for women reporters. And she did it because she didn't want news organizations that were cutting back because of the recession, because of the depression, to fire their women reporters. You know, so if you wanted to be a competitive news organization and get whatever was coming out of, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, you had to have a woman in Washington. And the women started forming their form their own women's national press club. And, you know, but for years they would do these luncheons and women could cover them, but they could only sit in the balcony. And then at one point Khrushchev came and they, 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 they lobbied Khrushchev to say, don't agree to speak there unless they let women in the ballroom to actually take part. So there was like this agreement worked out that for every 10 men, there could be 1.4 women, uh, and, and eventually Jesus. they 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 fought and became full members and you know that was 1971 and you know 11 years later they had the first woman president um you know and it's it's not even a, it, it's hard to imagine now i mean but you know most of the board that i serve on right now is women and, and you know we've we've had so many changes that we've gone through that we don't even think about in 2023 but were big deals in the seventies. Um, and it's just, but the other part of it is, you know, we were talking about how congressmen and court justices and all that stuff used to be chummy pally with the, the drinking reporters playing. We don't do that anymore either. You know, we, we, we don't socialize with them. Um, and we actually are. Well, we don't have media. yachts. We, we don't have multi-billion-dollar yachts to offer them, oh, uh, Herb. But we we can't we can't take them up to our uh, palatial castles in the Adirondacks to woo them. <laughs> that is that is true. Um, so we, we just have a, we just have a place that serves good beer, and you know. But but you <laughs> that's know, a good the, happy the, hour. <laughs> the, the the press used to be so cozy with the congressman that when they started yeah. the. They decided to build the building, you know, in the in the in 1927. Um, the economics didn't work with just an 11-story building, which was the limit of the height. Uh, so they got a special act of Congress because Congress ran the district at the time to let them go up to 14th floors, with the top two being for the club. And it's like, do you know what would happen if? 
that happened now, how much we, the press, would be attacking the club over something like that. You know, it's just we, we actually don't even part, – part of what we spend our time on the board doing is discussing who qualifies as a journalist member. And I'm sure, you know, one of your other hats, is, and I think you may have just gotten rid of it, was as a standing committee member in the Capitol, right? Yes, um, yeah. So you know, the, the question of we, who in this business of ours qualifies as a journalist and how we define it is is really a challenge right now because we do want to foster, you know, the ability of reporters, whatever they whatever they want to write, to to do their jobs. But there's also a whole partisan mechanics now that is at play, creating things that look like media outlets. Right. Um, especially in states that have very scant local news coverage, they create fake newspapers, fake websites to create stories that can then be cited as the source for a TV ad, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge, you know? Um, and, and, you know, it's part of the changes that we go through all the time, you know, like it was a club for newspaper men, you know, if we just had a club for newspaper men, it would be a pretty small club right now. You know, I mean, Bloomberg buys, you know, membership for their entire staff, you know, buys a staff membership. You know, Bloomberg doesn't put out a newspaper. You know? So right. our vice president right now, she couldn't be there because she's not a newspaper man. You know, I mean, so. Well, Herb, uh, thank you for for talking through this again. You know, it's it's a little it's it's a little weird, you know, being, you know, people who belong to the club talking about the club. But I think that I mean, my my thought in these series is basically just to give a, give people a peek, you know, behind the curtain. Um, I mean, people have probably heard of the national press club, um, you know, in our previous thing, they'd heard of the gridiron club. Um, but like, I like talking about this and sort of demystifying it, making it, making it a little more, uh, transparent. And I think, I hope that we've done that. I hope our listeners uh, find it value. I, I, I certainly have had fun talking about this and doing the research with you. Yeah, I mean, well, Woodrow Wilson, you know, when he spoke at the club, he 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 wasn't, you know, he was still the governor of New Jersey, right? He hadn't become president. But he talked about like what his occupation was and he said publicity, but his meaning of publicity was he thought too much was being decided in back rooms in Congress or in corporate rooms that the public didn't get a say in, and that's why he thought it was important to talk to the press about that. So it was an interesting – now, publicity has taken on a whole different meaning where it means obfuscating what's happened and, you know, putting a spin on it at least. Not obfuscating. I shouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that, that whole idea of, of uh, you know, letting people know that there's stuff going on behind closed doors, that almost sounds just purely like journalism. But the reasons why our outlets, you know, were founded. So, yeah, um, yes. Times change. We change with it. But – Herb, thanks much. And yep. thank you out there, listeners, uh, for, for tuning in. If you'd like this podcast, please subscribe to us, rate us on iTunes, subscribe to our newsletter at rollcall.com, uh, and check out our other newsletters and podcasts at Roll Call. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.